Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Hi church, thanks so much for joining us today. And um, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. And today we're sharing this message right across every campus at the same time. And, And the reason why we're doing that is because starting on May 23rd, Monday, May 23rd, we're starting a season called 21 Days of Breakthrough. This is something that we did uh, in 2018 and 2019, and earlier this year I felt God say that he wanted us to do it again this year in 2022, and basically what it is, is it's three weeks, 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving. So what that means is that it's three weeks of prayer and fasting, Uh, And at the end of that, on June the 12th, and then open for the next few weeks, uh, we'll be receiving what we call a breakthrough offering. And so basically it starts from eight days uh, um, from today right now. And I just thought I wanted to share with you and preach into it before we start that season. And so with that in mind, I want to share with you from Genesis chapter 15, verses 7 to 21. Genesis 15, 7 to 21, and it says this. Then God said to Abram, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then God said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now it's for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Let's pray. Father, I just ask and pray that today that you would fill us with faith, Lord, and I thank you that from this day forward, Lord, we had a season of preparation ready, Lord God, for the 21 days of breakthrough that are coming up ahead. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Here in this passage of scripture, we see that God makes a covenant with Abram and reinforces the covenant that he'd actually given to him in earlier chapters of Genesis. And it's a very, very pivotal and significant moment. He's promising Abram that your people are going to have this land and he's actually telling them about the promised land that's going to come to pass in the generations later. So this is a significant moment. This is a significant moment for Abram and the descendants that are coming after him. As believers and as Christians, there are times in our life when significant moments come to pass. There are many times throughout life where things could be just like mundane, but there are significant moments that come to pass that God brings to pass in our lives. Uh, There's times in our life when God actually produces breakthroughs for us. 
This is a significant breakthrough. He's saying to a nomadic people prophetically, I'm going to give you this land. If you want to talk about a significant breakthrough, this is actually something that is prophesied about in this passage of Scripture. And often you can tell when God's about to produce a breakthrough in your life. In this passage of Scripture, God is telling Abram, this is what's going to happen. And there's kind of like a pattern in there indicating that something big is about to happen in his life. In the same way, you can sometimes tell when a breakthrough is actually ready to come your way. There are times when you can actually tell that something significant is going to come to pass in your life. There's often a pattern which shows us and indicates to us the time and season that God is about to do something great. And so today I want to talk to you about three, uh, about three signs that a breakthrough is coming. Three signs that a breakthrough is coming to your way. And we can actually see in this passage of Scripture that there's some things that happen that are an indication that a breakthrough is coming. In the same way, I believe that for you and for your family and for our church, God's got even breakthroughs ahead. And so I want to talk to you from this passage of Scripture about three signs that a breakthrough is on the way. The first sign is revelation, is revelation. When God is going to do something big or produce a breakthrough, he reveals it. Look at this in Genesis. It says, Genesis 15, 7, then he said to him, God said to Abram, I'm the Lord who brought you out of the earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Then it says in verse 9, so God said to Abram, bring, you, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then in verse 13, then God said, to Abram. Then in verse 18 of Genesis 15, on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, notice this, God's about to do something big and he actually says it. When God's about to do something big in your life, when God's about to produce a breakthrough, very often he will reveal it ahead of time. The Bible tells us in the book of Amos, it says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Why is it that God reveals it before he does it? Well, the reason why he reveals it is because it's his word that guarantees that it's actually going to come to pass. The Bible tells us that God cannot lie. It doesn't tell us that he will, doesn't, mean, doesn't say that he will not lie, that he has too much integrity to lie. No, it's more than that. God cannot lie. Why is that? Because when he says something, it's going to come to pass. So if God's going to produce a miracle, if he's going to produce a breakthrough, something significant's going to happen, if something impossible is about to happen in your life, God needs to speak it in order for it to come to pass. That's why the Bible says that all the promises of God in him are yes, and the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When God is going to do something, he actually says it. That's why for many of you right now, there's a hope and an anticipation for something great about to come to pass in your life. There's a hope and an anticipation that something's about to happen. You can just sense it and you know it. Maybe you've received, been receiving multiple prophecies about a particular issue. That's because when God, when something is about to happen, God would often speak it. He first reveals it. That's why over the course of the 21 days of breakthrough, we want to spend time seeking God. We want to spend time praying. You know, at each campus, there will actually be prayer meetings on and I want to encourage you to choose a prayer meeting to go to. Because when God's going to do something, he actually says it. He reveals it. And he reveals it more than once. He can reveal it many, many times. The second thing, uh, the second sign that God's about to do something big is responsibility. Responsibility. Genesis 15, 9 and 10 says this. 
So God said to Abram, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. So watch this. God says to Abram, Abram, I'm going to do this thing in your life. He actually reveals it. He said, I'm about to bring this thing to pass. And then he says, so I want you to do this. I want you to prepare it. I want you to go and get these animals, cut them into, line them up and that sort of thing. The second key is actually responsibility. When God's going to do something significant or produce a breakthrough in your life, number one, he reveals it. But number two, he requires us to do something in order to access it. There's something we need to do in order to receive the breakthrough that's going to come to pass. If Abram did not do what God had told him to do, then he would not receive the promise that God had actually made to him. Because there's a responsibility on us to respond to the promise that actually God gives us. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 10 to 11, it says this, And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Then the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So God says to David, Go up and I will do this. This is the promise. I'm revealing to you what's about to happen. And then in verse 11 it says, So they went up to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perizim, which means Lord of the Breakthrough. So watch this. David is seeking God. God, should I go and fight them? Are you going to give me the breakthrough? And then God actually says to him, yes, go and fight them. Go and do it. Then he fought them and he wins. And David says, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. What's he saying? God gave me the promise. Then I did what I was supposed to do and I received my breakthrough. When God has a breakthrough for us, there is often things he wants us to do in order to receive that breakthrough. I love the story in Luke chapter 5 where it talks about that Peter and, and Peter was um, out fishing, Simon Peter, and, and Jesus came up to him and, and Peter was just washing his nets on the shore. Him and his fishermen had been fishing all night and caught nothing. And he comes to Peter and he says to him, can I borrow your boat? And so they went out and they borrowed Peter's boat and Jesus went out on the water and he started preaching to all the people. And then at the end of it, he actually turns to Peter and he says, Peter, let down your nets for a catch. He was saying to him, Peter, let down your nets and then you will receive this catch. And Peter, because he'd been fishing all night, he was a professional fisherman, he knew that the fish weren't biting. He said to, he said to Jesus, he said, Lord, we've fished hard, toiled hard uh, all night Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And so the Bible says that he let down the net and the net was so full that it actually was starting to break. At the time, I would imagine him thinking, wow, why didn't I let down all the nets? I just let down one net. But he didn't believe that God was going to bless him like he promised him. But notice this, Jesus says to Peter, I've got a catch for you. You need to let down the nets. If Peter didn't do what he was supposed to do, he wouldn't receive the breakthrough that was promised and available to him. In the same way, when God, makes, when God has a breakthrough for us, there are sometimes things that we need to do in order to receive the breakthrough. 
If we don't do the things that God requires of us, we don't receive it. You know, in Genesis chapter 11, verses 31 to 32, we see the story about Abraham's father, a man by the name of Terah. And before coming to Abram, Terah was actually felt the call of God. And it said in Genesis chapter 11, verses 31 and 32, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out from there, went out with them from Ur of the, the there, went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. So watch this: Terah goes to Canaan, is planning on going to Canaan, but he ends up in Haran. He's going to go to Canaan, but he lands in Haran. Maybe it was comfortable for him. Maybe he didn't feel like going any further. But he did not complete what he set out to do. He didn't go to Canaan. And he died in Haran. And then straight after this in Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram and says, get out of this place and go to the land I'm showing you. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm bypassing this generation because you wouldn't do what I told you to do. And now, Abram, it's your turn. Go and start moving. Complete the job that Terah was supposed to do. In the same way, when God has a breakthrough for us, there are things he requires of us to do. And if we don't do those things, we don't actually receive the breakthroughs that are available to him. That's why I feel very strongly over the course of the next season for us to do those three breakthrough principles, prayer, fasting, and giving. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives those principles. He says it three times in Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you pray, he says, go into your room and pray and your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. He also says, when you fast, wash your face, don't appear to men as though you're fasting. And he says, and your father will see what, who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. And he also says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your giving might be in secret. And your father who sees what you do in secret reward you openly. Did you see that? Three breakthrough principles, three private disciplines that produce a public result. Prayer, fasting, and giving. If you do the prayer, if you do the fasting, if you do the giving, God has rewards that are available for us. That's why when Jesus was asked by his disciples to go and perform deliverance of this young boy, there was this young boy that used to get thrown uh, often into the fire and his disciples came to pray for him, to try and deliver him and nothing happened. And so Jesus came and prayed and he prayed for this young boy and the demon left him and he was free. Jesus' disciples came up to him and said, Lord, how, could we, how come we couldn't cast the demon out of this boy? And Jesus says, this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. So watch this. What that means is this. There are some breakthroughs that can we, we can only get through prayer and fasting. If we don't do the prayer and fasting, it means that there might be some breakthroughs that are available that we could actually have, but if we don't do them, we don't actually receive the breakthrough that God actually has for us. And in the same way, that's why I believe over the course of the next season, that as we pray and as we fast and as we give, why don't you ask the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is my responsibility in this time? And I promise you that if you do what God calls you to do, then you're going to get what he has actually promised you. So you can tell when a breakthrough is on the way, because first of all, he reveals it. Second of all, there's a responsibility. There's things that we need to do. But there's a third thing. 
And the third sign that a breakthrough is coming is resistance, is resistance. Watch this. It says in Genesis 15, 9 to 11. So God said to Abram, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. So watch this. God says to Abram, I'm going to do this in your life. A breakthrough is coming. And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get these animals and I want you to prepare them and lay them out on the ground. And some of them he had to cut in two. So you can imagine there's blood and there's guts and that sort of thing. And now he's got to wait for God to turn up. God's going to turn up in response to this act of obedience. But what happens in the meantime? Those stinking vultures. The vultures come and they're going to start, they're going to come down and they're going to try and eat up these animals that have been cut in two. If Abram had have let that happen, then God wouldn't have shown up because he did not do, he would not have completed what God asked him to do. But here come these vultures trying to steal these things off him. And so what does he have to do? He has to, it's annoying, it's a pain, but he has to beat these things back in order for him to complete his task and still position himself for the breakthrough that God has for him. In the same way you will find that you can tell when a breakthrough is on the way, because the vultures start circling. Lots of little things and spiritual attacks happen and there's a resistance from the enemy. The enemy wants to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. And so often he will come right in the midst, just before a breakthrough, he can come in and start annoying and causing a whole lot of trouble. If in fact, if you look through scripture, the, the devil cannot be, the devil's not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere all at once and he cannot have his own way. That's why the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So what that means is there's a limitation on what he's able to do. And if you look through scripture, there's a pattern forms about when the enemy attacks. And it happens through a whole lot of the heroes of the faith. If you look, at the, if you look through it, there's two times when the enemy attacks. Generally, number one is when something new happens. If you look at a lot of the heroes of the faith, that's what happens. In the life of Jesus, when Jesus was born, that's when Herod decided that all of the children two years of age and under is going to be killed. If you look at the life of Moses, it had been commanded that, children, that newborn babies would be thrown into the Nile River. And so, he was, and so he was protected at that time. So often when something just starts, so often when something begins, so often when something is new, that's when the devil attacks. Look at the life of Jesus. The Bible says that when he gets baptised in the River Jordan, he comes out and heaven is open. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes upon him in the form of a dove. And there's a voice from heaven. It's his heavenly father who said, here is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is just about to start his ministry. He's then led out into the wilderness. There he fasts 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of that time, the devil comes to him and tries to dissuade him from what he's about to do. Just before he's about to start his ministry, that's when the devil comes. What's another time where it's almost like there's a spiritual attack in Jesus' life? The night before he actually goes to the cross. The Bible says that he tells his disciples, he says to them, guys, I'm about to be, you know, I'm about to be crucified and you know, I'm going to die and be risen again after three days. And, and then Peter takes him, well-meaning Peter, he's one of his disciples, takes Jesus outside and he said, Lord, I'm not going to let this happen to you. You will not die. 
What does Jesus say to him? Jesus doesn't say, oh, thanks, Pete. You know, I know you're not kind of getting it right now, but it'll make sense later. No, no, no. Just before he's about to perform the very act for why he came to earth, to die for our sins. Jesus looks at Peter, who's trying to prevent him from going into that, to stepping over into that time. And he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He doesn't say, get behind me, Pete. He could see the spirit at work in that time. The enemy comes just before something significant. The enemy comes just before a breakthrough. You've got the carcasses laid out and God's about to turn up and then all of a sudden the vultures come down to come and steal it. That's why some of you have been under so much attack over the last few weeks. Some of you have been under such spiritual attack. All these things have been happening in your world. They look unrelated, but they're all happening in your world and it's causing you a whole lot of problems. I'm here to let you know, take that as a very good sign because something big is about to happen in your life. A breakthrough is on the way. And yes, you've got to beat back the vultures and you've got to deal with it and you've just got to handle it. But I'm here to let you know that once you've handled it and once you've dealt with it, you'll be positioning yourself to receive the breakthrough that God actually has for your life. The greatest amount of resistance is just before a breakthrough. I've got a photo that I want to show you, and uh, it's a photo, if you see it right now, uh, it's a photo of a plane breaking the sound barrier. And you can see that cloud that's been formed and that sort of thing. And, and so as the plane breaks through, it's actually breaking the sound barrier. And basically, they say that just before breaking the sound barrier is the greatest amount of turbulence, the greatest amount of buffeting, that the plane experiences the most amount of buffeting and turbulence just before it breaks the sound barrier. I could imagine there'd be a temptation for the pilot. Okay, I better ease up right now. There's too much turbulence. There's too much buffeting. There's too much resistance. But they know that if I just keep pushing on through and accelerate, will break through. And once they break through the sound barrier, it's all peace and calm for them. In the same way, just before a breakthrough in people's lives, there can be a whole lot of turbulence, there can be a whole lot of resistance, there can be a whole lot of buffeting. But I want to let you know, if you just keep on pushing through, you keep doing what God has called you to do, you will break through at the other side. All that turbulence is, is a sign that you're nearly at your breakthrough. And so I want to encourage you, church, that I can sense breakthroughs are coming. That's why we're calling together these 21 days of breakthrough. Because God has breakthroughs for us on the way. And for many of you, he's going to reveal what he's going to do in your life. He's going to speak. it. There's going to be confirmation. And as you spend time with the Lord, he's going to show you. But the second thing that is going to happen is responsibility. He's going to, uh, he's going to ask of you what he wants you to do in order to get the breakthrough. And I want to encourage and let you know that don't be surprised about any turbulence. Don't be surprised about resistance that's coming. I found myself that very often, just before a fast, something crazy, some kind of thing would come to try and distract me or to come and dissuade me from doing it. Remember a number of years ago, I was about to embark on a fast and, and, and I remember the first morning of the fast, I was, went to my office and I was working, I was running a Bible college at the time, and I went to the office and when I got there, there was a box outside my front door. I opened the box and inside was a box, it was a really big box, completely filled with Cadbury chocolate. 
I mean, it had even things. I remember there was all these polywaffles in there. Older people would understand what a polywaffle was. And there was all these chocolate bars in this big box at the front of my door. The first morning I'd committed to start that fast. I remember thinking at the time, looking at it, thinking, get behind me, Satan, you know, like he's trying to tempt me. And, and, I, and I found out it was from a cousin of mine. And, uh, and she actually worked at Cadbury Chocolate in Melbourne. And I had not heard from her for years. And I rang her up about it and she said, yeah, I just felt like I just wanted to send you all this chocolate. And I was like, you know, you were just used by the devil. But seriously, the morning of my fast, and that was a significant fast for me, the morning of that fast, something came in to try and distract me. I want to let you know, church, over the course of the next eight days, before we step into this season of prayer and fasting, I want you to set your eyes like flint. Focus on May 23. Over the course of the next, next eight days, I want you to seek God. Ask him what he would want you to do. There are three things that we're asking people to do right now. Number one, we're asking people to choose the type of fast that they're doing. There's five types of fasts that are available uh, that I'm encouraging you to consider. The first one is probably the most extreme. It's a juice and broth fast. And that's where people drink juice and broth and liquids over the course of the fast. And, uh, and there might be some of you that feel called to do that. That is the thing that I'll be doing over the course of the next 21 days. And, and, and some of you will feel that. But I also understand that for some people, for their health reasons, that that's not an option for them. That's totally cool. Number two, there's another option. It's called a Daniel fast. The Daniel fast is basically when you're eating, when well, you're just eating fruit and vegetables. So, uh, so over the course of that 21 days, uh, do that. It's, a, it's the same kind of diet that David used when he first went to Babylon. And, and he said to them, I'm not going to eat any delicacies. I'm just going to eat fruit and I'm just going to eat um, vegetables over the course of this next period. The third one is an intermittent fast. So what that means is sometimes you fast, sometimes you're not. So maybe some of you might say, you know what, I'm going to fast two days a week over the course of the next seven. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, over the course of the next week, I'm going to skip dinner and I'm just going to be praying at that time. Or maybe you're going to skip lunch. Or maybe you're going to just choose different times through the week when you're going to do fasting. That's called intermittent fasting. The fourth one is a delicacies fast. So what that means is this. You're going to fast something you would normally like to eat and you're, not going, to, you're going to abstain from it for the course of the next 21 days. Maybe it's not drinking any coffee. Maybe it's not drinking any sugary drinks. Maybe you like having a banana bread after work and you're not going to do that over the course of the next 21 days. Whatever it is. Maybe you're someone who really likes desserts and, and you're saying, you know what, over the course of the next 21 days, I'm not going to do the, have those desserts. And the fifth one we're encouraging people to do is a media fast. Put away the screen for three weeks. Maybe no television or something like that. No social media, whatever it is. Some kind of sacrifice between you and the Lord. All we're asking is that people will choose what they want to do. I understand there are some people that there's some of these fasts are not an option and that's totally fine. It's between you and the Lord. Just do what God calls you to do. And whenever you're fasting, in that time, I want to encourage you to pray. Make sure you're praying. If so, if you're fasting a meal uh, during that time when you would normally eat, go and spend time additionally in prayer. You're replacing what you're sacrificing with prayer. If you would normally watch TV at a certain time and you're saying, I'm not going to watch TV over the course of the next three weeks, instead, at that time, spend that time praying and seeking the Lord. Replace what you're sacrificing with prayer. So I encourage everyone to choose a fast. The second thing we're doing is we're encouraging everybody to choose a prayer meeting. You know, over the course of the next three weeks, you can talk to your campus pastor 
each campus will have a prayer meeting on that's on uh, that's not on at the normal time and that sort of thing. And we will unroll that, roll that out over the course of the next week. Encourage you to choose some kind of prayer meeting at your campus, and over over the course of that time, spend that extra time in prayer. And the third thing that we're going to ask you to do is that on June 12th and after June 12th, over the course of the next month, I'm going to encourage you to bring an offering. So starting on June 12th, that's the day we're going to receive that offering, but it'll be open. It's a tax-deductible offering. And so that means that if people want a tax deduction and they want it for the next financial year, then you can give it after June 30. But we're going to open it on June the 12th. And we're just asking people to seek the Lord about what he would have them to give in order to, and believing for breakthrough uh, in their lives. And so we're encouraging people to do that. So we're going to open it on June the 12th, but it will be open for another four to six weeks. Uh, the proceeds of that offering, what we do is that we actually honour all our missions commitments. And so we have a number of missionary organisations and individuals that we support. And, and we service that commitment from this offering. But it's not purely a missions offering. It's actually a breakthrough offering. That we're see we what we want you to do is seek God about what he would have you to give in order to believe for the breakthrough that you're seeking for your life. So right now what I want to do is I want to open up this season. I want to open it up and I want to pray for you that over the course of the next eight days, you'll seek the Lord about what he would have you to do. And I believe that as we launch the 21 days of breakthrough, from Monday, May the 23rd, right through to Sunday, June the 12th, that I believe it's going to be a season where breakthroughs are one in the spirit and you're going to see those things come to, and you're going to see great and incredible things come to pass in your lives. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.